this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. P to the O-D Cast on the weekly About succession So many pots per week See P to the O-D Cast on the weekly About succession Podcasting like a pro Make some noise Succession is over But we're just getting started Here on Post Show Recaps More specifically The series finale With Open Eyes Is over that's right, it's the Succession Podcast on Post Show Recaps, where we're breaking down the HBO show's final season, final episode, episode by episode, podcast by podcast. And you get commercial-free versions of Succession Podcasts when you sign up at patreon.com slash Recaps at any level. That's patreon.com slash Recaps at any level for ad-free versions of the Succession Podcast. My name is Grace, and today we're discussing Season 4, Episode 10, the series finale with Eyes Open. And I'm joined here by my co-host, Jess Sterling and Mike Bloom. Jess, it's over. I'm I'm so sad, but I'm so happy, but I'm so sad, but I'm so excited. And Mike Bloom is here, the new CEO of Post Show Recaps. Yes, just call me Josh Wiggler Mark II because I'm sexier. <laughs> <laughs> That's not possible. Josh is an incredibly sexy man, so there's no... There's no way they broke the mold with him. And that's really what it, we're all about here on the audio medium. Post Show Recaps, the sexiness of the CEO. <laughs> I mean, listen... You got to bring the eyes connect to the ears in some way, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, we're not talking about eyes today. I hear people are not into eyes. They're like face eggs. 
Well, I mean, we talk, we joke about the sexiness of the CEO, but um, uh, Matson does tell Tom he's very handsome. Very. Sexy. I mean, Matthew McFadden is yeah. definitely sexy, so yeah. got that unlock. Well, we're gonna get into it. The Tom uh, of it all, the the Roy sibling reunion, then tragedy uh, of it all. We'll get into it all, but just to give a quick programming shout out for the final week of Succession Weekly coverage. Uh, make sure we have live recaps here on posterrecaps.com slash YouTube, or you can give your feedback. There'll be a deep dive tomorrow with myself, Dr. Amanda, and Josh Wiggler himself. There'll be the Versus Pod with LaTanya and Josh. There'll be shenanigans with Rob and Josh. And then a wrap-up show on Friday, once again, on posterrecaps.com slash YouTube. But Jess, that is not all. Of course we're not, not. We're not done with Succession. You thought that was it? You thought we stopped talking about the show after yeah. one week? Yeah. We, Joke we thought, from you. We thought that the recaps would just get in an elevator and go up to the roof and fall off the roof. No, you've got a park to amble through for the next month or so. That's right. <laughs> um, Jess, do you want to announce what's uh, what's happening? I'm so excited. So we have a few things in the works. Uh, first, we're going to be doing episode rankings. So in case you haven't been sending in your ratings for all the characters, all the episodes, you yeah. still have some time to send those in. PosterRecaps.com slash RateRoy. We're going to be going through episodic rankings. It's going to be me, Josh, and Grace breaking them down for a few different, for a, a couple of weeks in the future. I'm so excited. I was built for this. I was born yeah. for this. I've been training for this moment. You watched all of Succession today. Not all no, of well, it. Only season four. four. Only season You watched a fourth of Pretty Succession much. today. That's yeah. still saying a lot. <laughs> you watched the length of season three today. Yeah. I did. I did. Um, well, that's not all. We're also going to have a battle royale <laughs> as we are going to pit characters <laughs> against each other. Tournament style, bracket style. Um, that is going to be you, myself, Dr. Amanda, maybe some guests along the way. We shall mm -hmm. see. We are going to bracket it up and see which Roy should have should have won. We're gonna yeah. see if it, it if who Tom reigns supreme. Won. Yeah, who reigns supreme. Uh, so you can get all that and more at posterrecaps.com/slash/subscribe and stay subscribed to the feed because there's more succession coverage to come. But I think everybody who's here is waiting for us to break down the episode. Jess, would you like to do the honors of giving us a plot, a quick plot recap? I would love to. With eyes open, we kick off the finale with Kendall in a tough spot. He doesn't have the votes he needs for the upcoming board vote. Sound familiar? This time he's up against Matson with Shiv as his pick for CEO, or so she would believe. Matson actually doesn't want Shiv to be his CEO because that would be an obstacle for him having relations with her, I guess? Matson, in his infinite wisdom, approaches Tom with an offer to make him the US-based CEO. Greg, ever the cockroach and opportunist, relays this information to Kendall, who is busy fighting Shiv for Roman's board vote in Barbados at their mother's summer house. The 3B is back on when Shiv finds out and they anoint Kendall as the would-be king with a blended crown to boot. Things get even messier when Shiv finds out that Tom is Matson's pick while stickering up Logan's belongings. It all comes down to the vote. Which side are you on? It's six versus six with Shiv left to vote. The 3B have it out in a room all to themselves. Kendall is desperate to be CEO, but Shiv doesn't want him to have it. She doesn't think he can do it. And let's be honest, it's better for her kid if her if their father is CEO, not their uncle. Shiv brings up the cater waiter scandal that Kendall accidentally, uh, that, that Kendall participated in at her wedding. And Kendall denies it ever happened. All hell breaks loose at this point, as Roman says Shiv's kid is the only true heir, and Kendall chokes him. She votes no, Tom is the new CEO, and he even forgives old Greggy. We leave Succession with Tom and Shiv sort of kind of holding hands in the car, 
and Kendall mirroring his father's lonely walk through the park with Colin alone. That's with eyes open. Mike, I'm going to start with you because you you started Succession not that long ago. I believe when we were doing the uh, the Succession, uh, starting to do the rewatch, you jumped on board with Succession. So this is all quick happening for you. So yeah. how do you think that, uh, I mean, this is this is it. This, 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 the plane is landed, I guess. How do, how do you think it was? Yeah, we're at Teterboro. Uh, not That's a lot right. of corpses to take off. I mean, that should be the big takeaway, right, is... Game of Thrones has ruined our brains in so, for so many reasons. There was so yeah. much like, Roman's gonna die, Kendall's gonna die. I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna lie, when Kendall goes in that elevator and we yep. get the wide shot of the windows as people are signing and glad handing, I thought, and there goes that body, madman style. Doesn't end up happening. Only I, that somebody else got in the elevator. I was like, they're probably not going up. So I think yeah. we're okay. Think he we're did okay. hit the zero button and I was like, phew, okay, I can relax. <laughs> zero for the amount of lives I will have after this. Yeah. So all that being said, it is all about expectations for me. I wouldn't say that I didn't have stakes in this finale, but I never thought it was going to be the episode of Succession. It was an episode of Succession. And that being said, I really thought the ending was perfect. It was messy. It was conflicting. It was really a tale of two halves, to be completely honest, where it was so much the calm before the storm. And as Mark Mylod talks about in the behind the scenes feature at the end, you're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. And it drops in a major way as everything falls apart for Kendall and life continues on, which I think is the most beautiful thing that it's not wrapped up in a neat little bow. Like we usually expect from series finales that these are as much as they might speak in flowery, you know, profane languages, still people at the end of the day and so they're going to keep going perpetuating the cycles of either where they started or in whom's uh big shoes big big shoes they might be filling yeah so, well, over- yeah oh. well i think one of the things i think in terms of like it's not wrapped up in a neat bow but i actually think in succession terms it it is because there's all this this talk all week long about are we going to get a time jump because things change so rapidly episode to episode in succession that i do think there was some the 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 idea of a time jump was going to like sort of solidify whatever happened at the end ish of the show and then we get like 10 minutes or 15 minutes of like the future that 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 we got from the end of the episode and they really don't but i do feel like none of the roys are at waystar royco so uh tom is the ceo and and yes i agree just like it's a a good move i think from from her in terms of the stability for her her child and i was long on the train of like logan jr will run waystar royco at some point so potentially still on the table but as far as we can see no roy is part of Waystar Royco. And for a thing we said all along, just back when we were ranking how good are these characters on the scale of, you know, actual nice person to bore on the floor. And we're like, nobody's really that good of a person because they all are choosing to stay. And they might not have chosen to stay within Waystar Royco, but, you know, they say it in this episode, Jess, they say like, who do you think dad would have picked? And he's like, I don't think he wanted any of us to be yeah. to be in charge. Yeah, and that's ultimately what ends up happening. And I have to say... I really loved the outcome. I really liked that the show kind of faked us out into thinking that Roman was going to be the tough vote at the end, right? They hover on him. It's a little bit of shades of you better be smelling your armpit, Romulus. No, the armpits are smelling great this time. He's more focused on the open wound on his head that nobody's making a comment about. So brutal. Um, But it ultimately ends up being in Shiv's hands, which 
I absolutely loved. Shiv gets dealt a really bad hand most of the time. And so for her to be the deciding vote when all season long, I've been so concerned about her just being the pregnant woman, like that being what her role was reduced to. I, I don't mind that it came into play here because it is a reality. And I think like, I'll be very interested to read some interviews this week and see what some of the actors have to say about their interpretations of this. But my interpretation was very much, Shiva's thinking about not only just herself at this point, but her baby. And we know based on the conversation she has with Tom earlier that there are still feelings there, or at least there's something there that she wants to salvage. And so her best play here. I, I, she can't trust Kendall. She really can't. Yeah. He's proven time and time again he can't be trusted. Tom, at the very least, <laughs> they are bound together in one way or another uh, uh, by this baby. And so she's going to get a piece of that pie at, in one way or another with Tom being in charge. Yeah, I com I completely agree. And what I love about it as well is the cycle perpetuates, right? This entire show has been about the toxic relationship that these children have living in the shadow of one of the most powerful men in the world. And as much as characters like Shiv and Kendall want to talk about straying from the norm, we're doing things differently. You know, there, there's so much talk throughout the series for Shiv about like, you know, the difference between you and me is like, I don't bullshit what I'm saying. We're both saying the same things. You're just saying it behind someone's back and claiming that you're doing it like for your own reasons, like she did with Matson. So I love that in this way, she is defaulting back to her behavior and, Honestly, you'd say it's a little Logan-esque. It's a little Caroline-esque, in my opinion. I do not think it's coincidental that we end the series with them making one final trip to their mother's house, that the Caroline was very much an enabler and withholding in her own right. And I would not be surprised if Shiv took perhaps the wrong lessons from her parents in moving forward with Tom and her unborn child. I think what I what I do like about the finale, when I'm sitting with it, like, I... I, I I said in the preview pods, Jess, I said, we, I think we did a preview pod with Amanda. I said, what I want is Kendall to just be content. I want him to like mm -hmm. get out and be content. No, that's not what happened. Roman looks a little content. Roman looks a little, there's a little smile of like, I'm out, I'm done. I think, I don't think I was He's good free, at it. He's free, right? Yeah. He, well, wait, look at the premiere of this episode, of the season. He wants out. He wants the 100. Yeah. He wants yeah. the siblings. He wants the 3B. He yeah. does not want all of the fighting and the contention and all of that to be taking place. And I feel like it finally sinks in when he's in the room with Shiv and and Kendall and it's all just going to crap around him like he he loves he uh, let's be real like Roman suffers Roman always suffers okay. and he he likes to suffer he was like seemingly injuring his own stitches a lot this episode did, did right? Kendall did Kendall that was Kendall abusing his uh, brother did. that's the question is like was Kendall pushing or was Roman pushing himself in Poor Kate yeah. almost knows, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. uh, just because of their power relationship. I agree, though. I think even looking at the beginning in Roman in the series, you know, uh, when it comes to Shakespeare, I always compare Roman to the fool or the jester character, often the one that, ironically enough, knows the most, but is often, you know, spat down upon for his position. That has gotten proven a bit incorrect. Look at last episode as an example, the fact that Roman himself can be foolish, but he may be the most wise one of them all by the end when his final words in the show really right besides the whole signing thing are like, we are bullshit that yeah. clearly the we're words nothing. that his dad told yeah. all of them for the last time when they were all together, you're not serious people. This has fully come to fruition. So that being said, this ending 
was incredibly satisfying to me. I can understand if people are coming in with ideas of like, Greg's got to get to the top. How to succeed without, you know, it's not the show, trying. people are going to die. Like Frank is going to, you know, get his head chopped off. Like that's, I agree with you, Jess. That's not the show. It's like, it really kills me. Cause like Greg being CEO, just really, you have to bend and twist so far to make that make sense. It makes all the more sense that Tom gets the position because he is amenable, right? Every, we should have all seen this coming the very first or first couple well, of scenes. Great. This you episode. Have, apparently it's a baseball reference. Uh, I know. TikToker. Yeah. We I talked know. about this on the, on the wrap yeah. up podcast uh, last week, but, but Not an unassisted triple play. I think it's very much an assisted triple play. Assisted. Uh, yes, renowned American baseball fan Jesse Armstrong. Real good pull there, man. Yeah, he, yeah. But either way, Shiv in the very like one of the first scenes saying to Matson, "Oh, Tom's amenable. You know, he'll suck every D in the room. Like he'll do whatever you want." Um, these are honestly just like the words that uh Matson wants to hear. That's yeah. what he wants in a U.S. based yeah. CEO. Of course, he goes for Tom. He's and got I, good ideas, Jess. <laughs> he's not just a puppet. <laughs> he hated um, that puppet cartoon. He Let's really. See. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Who yeah. wouldn't hate that puppet cartoon? Oh, I'd be, I, I'd be got, controlled by ship. Yes. Yeah, listen, if I got an no. Alexander Skarsgård puppet, like, look out. <laughs> Door's closed. But I, I really did think that all of the things I, I really like what I loved about this episode is that everything that happened made complete sense for the characters that that we've been watching for four seasons. It's still very much a tragedy in that most of these people seem fairly unhappy with their lot in life by the end of things, but it's not like over the top tragedy, right? We didn't get a Roman death or a Kendall death or something like that or something. Happened they, all to the just baby. Hit e- they all just finally hit each other. Yeah. yeah. Even, even Greg no. and Tom got to like get a yeah. lot of chemistry out there. Yeah. No, I, I like just like we were kind of coming on and, and I was like, I'm, I always feel this way that I'm always like sitting with my thoughts at the episode. And I think it's because like the show is, you know, we're going to look back on the show and it, it is it is very funny at times, but it is really depressing. And Mike, I think we were talking about this, about like Ewan's speech last week mm-hmm. um, and Kendall's speech last week and talking about the themes of this show. And I think Marissa had asked this maybe on the wrap up show, but like, what is this show trying to tell us about, you know, culture, about people? And for me, it's, you know, the. I think like I heard Rob talk on the Rob and Josh show about we had all had this theory that Kendall was going to become Logan. And I think as I was watching this episode, like that becoming uh, the idea. So Rob was saying, no, like it's so much better of a tragedy for him to think or even get so close to being Logan. And then for that all to fall through for him to sacrifice his his morals and his and and his and put like his his daughter in the back seat you know to to in the in the pursuit of power and making a good deal the closer he got to being his father um the tragedy here was not okay we're gonna see the logan roy origin story it's actually more tragic than that that he's just gonna end up sitting on a on a bench alone and so as i sort of sit with the episode i think it makes complete sense it all is the right Way, like I have no critiques with like about how anybody acted or how they did. The thing I'm like sitting coming into the episode is that like I think for a show that has had that is has taught us how to watch it, which is that this is not a happy ending show. This is the end of season one is Kendall looks like he's going to ride this high and he ends up killing a waiter at his sister's wedding. You know, like you know, there are these moments of I think the biggest moment of catharsis you can say has been in the entire show is only season two had, I think had a moment of catharsis where Kendall makes the speech against his father. And 
almost immediately he is such a sad sack he's like yeah. immediately put back in his place and i feel like that's like the, clo- the the other closest we ever got is the three siblings reuniting on the way uh sorry uniting on the way to go uh smush the deal and logan has made a deal with his ex-wife and immediately crushes it and tom has betrayed them i felt the exact same way as they were on the dock and in the kitchen i know i saw some great tweets that are like i wanted this ep- I'm th- I'm in my head the episode ends in the kitchen like yeah. i don't need nothing else because we all knew like it was gonna end poorly but it was it was right. really lovely of them to give us those moments those like vibes moments right where they oh, yeah they the kids get to be kids before everything goes to hell in a handbasket yeah. it was very this episode reminded me so much of the season one finale and it was such a great yes like the which, like the boat moment the boat scene which i feel like yeah. was one of the first times that those three finally got to interact with each other we got like some fantastic mirroring with the tom and shiv scenes both with them after their wedding night like really coming to terms with love and then them talking mm-hmm. about it in the beginning and like sort of towards the end and then Kendall's events in season one come rolling back. And I adore the pure irony that the reason why Shiv and Roman say we have to cut bait, this is enough, is because Kendall does what? Denies that he's a killer. Yeah. As much as yeah. he yeah. had those words in the back of his head that Logan said, you're just not a killer. And he tries to embrace that in season three. Now he is backpedaling trying desperately like you said grace this is sisyphus pushing the boulder right to the top of the hill feeling like he finally did it and for the second time he walks back into a boardroom late only to find the decision was made without him i think the thing i love about fan final season is how much they mirror the first season and i thought this episode did that so perfectly i mean uh these people don't change and i i think that the part for me as i said at the end of an episode being like Oh man, those people didn't change because like you uh, this is often the reason you go to TV is for like the hero story or the like the you know the the way that it's different and that the fact that it's like not it's a pretty de- in my opinion it's a pretty depressing ending. Like who's the biggest winner of this episode? Probably Matson. That guy's that guy's racist and awful. Um, well, Tom, Tom. I don't know Will's going to get a really big apartment. That's true. No, but she is going to have to hang out with Connors. That's something I quibble with. Because it seemed like throughout the entirety of season four, like they were actually building for Willa to love Connor. And now she's like, oh, I love no, it. I love that. This, it's this like... makes sense, though, yeah. right? Like we all saw this coming where, again, yes, she said yes to the marriage, but it's a marriage of convenience and it's convenient for her to stay in New York. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. that. I love happen. it. Um, I agree that like Tom is probably the biggest winner, but also like he has he keeps Greg around, who's like you know, and the bar is low here for the way, but he keeps Greg around, who has just screwed him over multiple, multiple times, yeah. and then he like. Is he holding hands with his wife in the car? Like, kinda, kinda. They're kind of like, like piles of limp noodles yeah. on top of each other. I, I really think it's one of those things where I, I really love a, a more open-ended kind of ending for shows, right? Leave things a little bit to the game. I, I'm, I'm happy we didn't get a, a flash to the future for the show. I don't think we need it. Um, I can see a world in which uh, Shiv and Tom, if they don't stay married, they're at least co-parenting and they're in each other's lives. And that's kind of all I really needed <laughs> to yeah, be actually, okay. You know who yeah. the winner is of this entire thing? Jerry. Yeah, Jerry gets her Jerry. job back. Yes. She, she, we, no, we, she, she got, got paid a bunch of money, I think. She got, right? yeah, well, but, yeah, but, but Tom, Tom says, says he wants to he work wants with her. her. Okay, yeah, right. so it sounds like yeah, she'll Tom- be rocking back in the fold. Roman does not seem like he wants to step within like a five-mile radius of the Waystar yeah. Royco building anytime soon. So that deal 
is done. So yeah, despite not having a line that's not on archival video footage in this episode, Jerry is is one of the big winners of the series. Yeah. I also yeah. really loved um Frank and Carl having the discussion of like, what do you think? One more round or golden parachute? And it's he's like, ah oh, man, I don't know. And Tom immediately comes in and he's like, no, we're axing both of them. So <laughs> um yeah, so I think that's just, you know, it's it's uh this show is exactly what it told us it was going to be and I think yeah. I always had that little bit of like optimism that like yeah, maybe Kendall, you know, and I you know, I think to to Rob's point, like a very good point of like it's not a tragedy enough for Kendall to just be sitting on the top of the mountain um, and like have spurned everybody because that's also a win. And really, I think the show is so much about Kendall. I think there's a really a big important line in here where Shiv says like, you're not, you're not the most important. Yeah. Because I don't think then she's just, yes, you do. Um, and I feel like the show, it's like almost the show saying that as well, that like uh, that he's not the most important, but also in some ways, he, you know, he says he's the eldest boy. She's that's not even true. Yeah. <laughs> listen, really we remember what Connor said. It's tough though, because yeah. the- Kendall was such, in my opinion, the POV character of the first two seasons where, like, we occasionally got what I would consider the B-plot of Shiv and Tom. But for the most part, it was so fixated on Kendall trying to jockey for power. And I'm glad that they sort of focused more on the ensemble to just bring more material to these absolutely incredible actors. And so it is tough when your story ends with the main character not getting what they want. You could say good or bad, but like our culture is so hyper fixated on anti-heroes and vigilantes that like it just comes down to main characters. I can imagine that that's an outcome that make people a bit disappointed in this of like, I wanted to see Ken do well to your point, Grace, but like to Jess's point, that's not the show. And I think the thing for people saying that like they wanted Kendall to be Logan and he wasn't, I completely disagree. I still think he's Logan, right? He's still alone. Oh, like I literally think, yes. this exact same scene of he's Logan just... walking through the park with Colin yes. trailing behind him. We see that exact same thing this season from Logan. So to me, Kendall is Logan. Where's Rava? Where are his kids? They're not here. They left. Like he is Logan in that ultimately he's alienated everyone. He's all by himself, all in pursuit of this single goal, this one job. That's all he cares about. And it's, it's really even obvious when he comes to Barbados and obviously Shiv is like, you know, riding this high. She's bragging. She feels like she's uh, got it in the bag. Shiv, will you stop buying horses <laughs> without building the carts? Please stop promising that you're a CEO. This has happened twice now. Yeah, but I, I do think ultimately Kendall does become Logan, maybe not in the way people wanted, but I really love the outcome. I feel like it's it's really perfect uh, it's a perfect ending for the show for none of the siblings to get what they want yeah because ultimately if logan wanted one of them to be ceo he would have made one of them ceo and he didn't so you know this is what happens yeah i i think there's also i feel like the thing i'm most uh afraid of coming out of this finale there's a lot of shiv hate out there and i just feel like so i I feel like it's so unfair. I think like just I feel like you've been on this this train a lot, which is just that like Shiv has the hardest position being a woman in the in the Roy family and just trying to like keep be, being a voice for that. I think is true. She can we can also all say that and also be like, yeah, none of them are good people. She's also not a great person. Um, but I you know it feels like the thing is like that. Um, the decision comes maybe very quick at the end, but I think to your point, it, the pregnancy is so weighing heavily on her mind. And I think to the point of like, so I've seen some people be like also that like Ken could have done it. Um, 
I don't know. I think he proves when they push back on him the teensiest yep. bit that he can't do it. He yep. he's so desperate. He is, which like again, I don't. You know, they, they make fun of Roman for. The, I feel bad that I like use this language sometimes. So like they make fun of Roman for like not being up for it because he like cried at his dad's. He's like just because I cried at my dad's funeral that means I can't be like the CEO ever again. Like I can't be taken seriously. Yeah, and, and, like, and Kendall uses that as like no, this is a badge of honor. Like you you don't you should cry. It means you're a you're good a good person, person right? This, and just, so, this is a job that kills you. Oh, also them doing their Kendall impressions. Uh, I, so good. Uh, there was in the first half of this episode was such great like the cast hanging around and razzing each other vibe yeah. between the Logan yeah. impressions, uh, the Kendall impressions, and then between like honestly the most tear jerky part of the episode, which was them sitting around watching the the dinner footage of like the people that did not make it to the table or like were in a very small capacity in the final episode razzing each other. It was, it was so yeah. so good. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I just want to finish my shift point, which is that I feel like when you look back at this season, there's so much evidence to prove that Shiv is often the one who is the most underestimated. And I think to your point earlier, Jess, about like, I, I you know, I'm writing down like sort of what are we going to go through the episode? There is this whole sort of the, the beginning of the episode does feel like who's going to get Roman where it's, he's actually missing. Nobody knows where he is. Yeah. And they don't actually seem they seem concerned, but not that concerned for their missing sibling. But then it's sort of like, OK, we got to get his vote. And he's like, you know, stop. Like, you know, can you stop? And even as like he's like, OK, I am just stopping. But like, uh, just like I need your vote. Like, don't 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 wuss out. Uh, and so they get frustrated. But then like so much of the show has been about Shiv being the one who's the most underestimated, the most spurned, the most like shoved out of the three B. Um, and so I think it's so fitting that she is the one who actually ends up making the decision at the end of the show in terms of who will be the CEO. And it turns out to mm -hmm. be uh, her very convenient hu the husband for scheduling. It's very convenient. It's so she, convenient be, to be married. It's so convenient <laughs> to be married to your husband. I, think. I mean, listen, uh, as someone who has a very busy schedule, like I don't, disagree yep. with the idea of like i fell in love with our scheduling conveniences there you go i mean listen it's a little apples to oranges but i i almost look at the decision from an audience perspective if this was not nearly as much of a, a sudden term but i do feel like if you compare this to another high profile hbo series that had its series finale a few years ago daenerys targaryen burning down king's landing i think was another similar idea of like what the hell this character's doing this thing what happened but I totally agree with you both that while that seemed much more sudden, not deeply seated whatsoever, this is something that Shivan experienced not only this season, but the entirety of the series. And I also think, to the point we made before, she was seeing Logan in Kendall. She does not see Logan in Tom Wamsgans. I think she yeah. very much has this idea of like, 
I can fix him. Uh, that's what she tells Matson right in the very beginning of the episode. And so while I do say on the one hand, she's perpetuating the cycle by bringing up another child of a CEO, I do think on the other hand, she's looking at Kendall and is almost thinking he's Logan, but worse in that Logan, you know, may yeah. have been verbally abusive and sometimes physically abusive with Roman, but I do not think anything nearly on the level of what he lied about and then subsequently attacked his siblings for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so fascinating. It just, it makes so much sense that she, and let's be real, all these people are going to have so much money. I know, they I was thinking there, I was like, they're so rich. They want, they're so right? rich, all it of them are so rich. That doesn't matter, though. No, they're no, going to no, no, buy no, PGN. No, it PGN. does, be, it, it only, it does because, right, if Shiv, See, this this is the the whole pitch from Kendall is that, oh, it's the threebie. I'm going to be CEO. Roman's going to deal with social. Shiv's going to get uh, ATN, right? That's, the, that's how the divisions are going to lay out. But Shiv can kind of have her cake and eat it too. She gets the buyout money. And then her husband uh, uh, that she may or may not eventually reconcile with will be CEO. Like she, she really is kind of getting it, getting both sides of it. And it gives her a little bit of movement to be able to do what she wants with her own time and money. So I really do ultimately think like this is probably the, the best for them. I think it takes that scene in that room with the three of them for her to reach her limit and realize what Roman realized at the beginning of the season, which is, can we just do our own thing? Can Because there's no way. Yeah. They get like probably what less than a day of bliss of sibling bliss it's not much and no, there it hasn't is, it is like from like it gets to whatever time it gets dark in barbados in the fall until like first thing in the morning when they fly back for the board boat is yeah. how much oh, bliss they have. christmas is going to be real awkward this year so they're approaching <laughs> that right they just had election day <laughs> Yeah, well, so, uh, Carolyn says uh, this is going to make Christmas very difficult that you're keeping the company. Now it won't be difficult. Mm -hmm. So that's great. No, I, yeah. I agree with you. I think she, there's uh, also something, because this was the plan very uh, season one is like Shiv is with Tom and Tom will be CEO and Shiv's going to do politics. Roman's out of the company. Uh, Ken is like, you know, not really the CEO, was the CEO yeah. successor, but not the CEO successor. It's exactly basically what the show ended up. So we get like from when Logan is ready to announce and he doesn't announce until they sell the company. Um, so yeah, again, you do back to the timeline stuff. I think that makes sense. I found a perfect tweet that sums up. Um, uh, this is from Zoe Rose Bryant, who says the succession finale was perfect in that I'm seething with rage and unsatisfied and yet every decision made complete dramatic and thematic sense. And someone says it all made sense dramaturgically. So yeah, yeah, yeah it did make yeah. sense dramaturgically. dramaturgically. And yeah. I do think, Listen, the show didn't have to give us an hour of like straight sibling vibes, right? They really did give us so much to feast on before we were met with the, of course, yeah, the what inevitable they put in the breakup. Cocoa, yeah, exactly. hot sauce, a little bit of spit. What which, type of oh, cheese was Peter's it? I need cheese. to know. Peter's <laughs> now licked cheese. Peter's cheese. The what was it? The nubbies? Nobbies. The nobbies. The frozen nubbies. ends of bread. Which, good God, I didn't think nubbies. Caroline was could Thanks, be more mommy. of a horrible character, but she actively freezes ends of bread. Yeah, Peter doesn't was... like them, Mike. Then just throw them away, woman. Give them good to the birds. <laughs> No, Caroline's too withholding. She's not even going to feed animals. You never no food in the house. In yeah. No food in the house. Don't worry. I have some nubbies. Don't also, worry. one of my favorite running gags throughout the show is how terrible is Caroline at, 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 like, at getting a dinner for her children? <laughs> like, it's 
always some garbage or like not enough food or like little pigeons or something she fed them once. It's never anything good. This was going to be, I think, a, f- a flubby fish afterwards or grubby gummy, fish. Gummy or... fish. Gummy, oh, gummy fish. fish. Yeah, gummy yeah. fish. Yeah, which again, they were all, I mean, Roman looked like uh, a Kieran Culkin role back from like 1993, like with his little yeah. t-shirt on. I mean, what I do find interesting about all this is again, going back to what we were speaking about on the Discord, Grace, to me, especially now after this episode, Kendall's eulogy is maybe my favorite thing that's been written for the show because that is what the show is about, about the thing that drives us all. Desire and greed, they're like rectangles and squares. You know, greed is a type of desire, but you can't have desire without greed. But like we are motivated by it, a desire for love, a desire for acceptance, a desire for validation or a desire for money. And that's what drives them apart at the end of the day is Kendall's overweening desperation to get that nut, to have his pile, to finally get this position he feels like he was literally born to do. I love that imagery of the fact that, you know, I go back to the monarchs of Europe and how they felt like they were chosen by God. Kendall was sort of deeming himself that. They were even, you know, befitting him of a king, Game of Thrones style, pouring stuff over his head. And so I love that because this overwhelming greediness ends up purveying all of these characters, it sends everything crumbling down. The question is, what would dad do? And while Logan was certainly looking to sell Waystar Royco, I do not think he wanted things to fall apart the way that they did, though he may have expected it considering his final words to his children. Jess, what do you think? I, I I think you're so spot on that it's it's she's thinking about, okay, Tom can be CEO. Uh, that's great for her kid. It, is there a moment? I know some people have been chatting in the chat. We have a very lively chat tonight, so I apologize. I can't. Oh, it's no. so hard to pull up previous quotes. <laughs> but someone says, when Kendall sat in the chair uh, is the moment where, like, he's feeling it. And, like, Shiv is like, I, mm, yeah. maybe not. Is there his, a moment? Puts- yeah. He puts feet on the desk. Oh yeah, when he's talking. And I felt Stewie. like that he's was offering like Stewie. What he's offering Stewie a board seat, a, a board seat, or like a, no, I'm sorry, a, a chair, a chair. A I'm chair. so sorry, a chair, a seat, yeah. a chair. You know, and maybe potato. a little bit of Molly on the side. Yeah. Um. No, it's it's also it's that, and it's the putting the feet up. He's very comfortable immediately, which I think is red flags for Shiv because. This is shades of literally episodes this season where it's supposed to be her, Roman, and Kendall all working together simultaneously, right. even though the boys are only the one or the CE bros, right? And uh, inevitably, Kendall leaves her out of things over and over and over again. And I feel like this is shades of that where it's Stewie comes in, he immediately offers Stewie something that they didn't have any time to discuss. Yeah. And so I think it immediately triggers a red flag in her head of like, oh no, here we go again. The honeymoon phase of our uh of us being reunited yeah. is over. So I think so. I think she's she's always been the one hesitating, right? When her and Roman are having the conversation on the shore by the beach, you know, she she is hesitant to offer Kendall the job. She's like, we could just kill him. We could. And we thought yeah. for a second, okay, I guess we're going in that direction. That was really <laughs> funny when they're talking about, like, it. okay, but, like, how do we kill him? Like, it's going to be so tricky. Paper, I don't want to do paperwork, you know? The yeah. Roman Shiv relationship, honestly, might be one of my favorites in the show. Like, with really no offense to Kendall, like, I think the way the two of them interact. Again, I, I, I hate to keep comparing this to Game of Thrones, but, again, I think the expectations were there. I mean, I know that I said that, that Shiv, you know, reneging on the vote was very much Danny burning down King's Landing. But I do feel like what she does to Kendall is very much Jon Snow killing Danny 
feeling like you have become the descendant of, you know, the mad king, the person that, you know, ruled over this place with an iron fist and led us to ruin. I don't want this to happen again. Let me actively prevent the future and maybe get a little bit of a nest egg for myself on top of it. I I think it was such a, it's the perfect twist to me where it's shocking in the moment, but the more you trace it back and especially from dramaturgically speaking and from a character standpoint, I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, Shiv has always been one of the most level-headed characters, in my opinion. Roman has been one of the more emotionally driven ones. We see Kendall literally drive him into his arms to try to get him back on board, to push him over the line to get this vote to happen. And so I think it makes all the sense in the world and that this is the thing to just absolutely send Kendall shattering, behaving by far at his worst and truly showcasing the man he has become and the man he will become by proxy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, yeah. that room, that boardroom scene was really difficult yeah. because you get the sense, at least I did that Roman is, is not, I don't want to say asking for it because like physical violence is never the answer, but like he wants Kendall to hit him. Yeah. Like, the, you know, we saw him one episode ago going into a crowd of protesters and like egging them on. It really feels like he's purposely saying things to Kendall to get him to push him over that line to finally allow Shiv to just go say no in the room. I, you know, I, 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 uh, someone said earlier that I think like one, a good point about Shiv's no vote, not coming out of nowhere is also like Roman doesn't confidently say no. He's like, uh, doesn't say anything. And then he's like, uh, no, nope. And you know, um, and, but and then Kendall I, replied like damn straight. Yeah. Um, so I do think the scene in the board, I think that there's a little bit of that. I think last episode, him going out to the, you know, the marching against the crowd to get elbowed in the face. I think, you know, we, there's a history of him not caring about abuse. I also just felt like that was the moment. It was so freeing. I thought that the, the boardroom scene, the, the fight scene is so interesting in the sense of when he says, no, I didn't do it. It's not just like, it's not just are you are you you're lying to me right now they also wonder in the moment whether it was a move they, uh, roman asked was it a move and i don't think probably i think that they know he did it and he's he's just trying to like figure out how to get through this yeah. conversation with Rome, to get roman's, a vote. roman's tone was very much like come on man really you're gonna try to do this yeah, but, but I, I think just... they're siblings. They know when each other are lying, at least for the most part. And like, what if you remember, that is one of the most infamous scenes of succession is when Kendall yeah. reveals this information to his siblings. And like, there's no way Kendall's putting on that big of a show about that. It just, yeah. Kendall, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> make it yeah. make sense. Yeah. And so, but I also think that, you know, I the, the thing I think, so the things he says about uh, the kids are that, you know, it's not the real bloodline. That's mm-hmm. what dad would have said. Uh, the imd- implication there is that, um, uh, Sophie is adopted, and that Iverson has probably done through like uh, like uh, a sperm donor I, I, IVF. IVF. Uh, yeah, so that I think is the implication there, uh, which is a horrific thing to say. Kendall also shouldn't choke him, but it does feel like by the end of that scene, I think you know you talk about this, Mike. Roman's language there, I think, is just someone who is so done. I think it's the reason yeah. why we see him smiling is that he knows that like. The idea that I kept saying about like Kendall's going to like be- become in charge and then be like, well, for what? What do I have? And I think that that's what Roman is saying. He's like, he's embarrassed at the office because he did like he sent 
dick pics to Jerry and Jerry's over there getting a bunch of money and being like, you know, whatever. Like, I think like he's just so over all of it. The scene also where he like, where he does like Kendall and him hug and is he pushing himself in or, or what, but he's also just like looking and he's like looking at his, like the, the stitches and be like, but why couldn't have him been me? And he's pointing to his stitches of like, like he's just such a bruised man and just ready I to be yeah. done. And so him sitting, I love that we got one last awkward sitting for Roman. Yes, he climbs yes. on the table and I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. To me, it's very much, he uses his family as armor a lot. Right. Roman right. does. Right. Um, whenever he has the backing of his family members is when Roman feels the most confident. And Agreed. when he, and when he's like at his happiest, yeah. um, he, he loves when everyone is kind of, uh, he, together, went right? he went to yeah, his he, mom. He went to his mom. He went home to his mom. Right. In the yeah. fight. Can you help patch me up? Yeah. yeah. It's so fascinating. Even look at him. <laughs> and so it's one of those things where as soon as he is, uh, you know it's almost like they're on vacation or you're they're on like school vacation together with your siblings and then you have to come home and he goes into the office and he sees all these people that he like feels very embarrassed about his actions around right like he cried and not that this is a sign of weakness but this is how roman interprets it because that's what he's been told is yeah. he cried in front of all of these people including jerry and now yep. he has to see them all and he like i feel like he didn't it didn't really dawn on him until that moment that he's going to have to sit in a boardroom with all these people. And yeah. I think, I think what's interesting is that it's Kendall who has to comfort Roman because this has never been Kendall's strong suit. In my opinion, I feel like Shiv does a much better job at kind of understanding her siblings and like what they might need to hear. Um, I still think Kendall does like a pretty adequate job here at like calming Roman down. But again, we get the question of like, is I don't know how to read. I really I need to rewatch the scene. I don't really know how to read. You're gonna Kendall's rewatch face. Succession? What? I don't believe you. Shocker. I I I don't know how to read Kendall's face in this situation when he's hugging Roman. Because to me, part of it looks like he's like, I'm kind of over I, this. Like, are we done yet? I kind of give it like I'm being my dad and I'm going to give him like real tough love, which is like the real hard, like just snap out of it. Like I'm just going to bear hug you. Well, think about what he said to Colin last week, right? Like, oh, that head shrinking, like real men don't need that. I think he really has adopted that attitude. He calls Roman a cuck. That shows you how far he has come from season three. And I do think the image of Roman's wounds being reopened is so great here. Um, I think he's slowly coming to this realization without realizing it of all the demons he has accrued over his time in these past four seasons. Despite the fact that he was sort of this like playboy on the out in his attempts to make a better name for himself, to go to managerial training, to get involved with Jerry, to become one of the CE bros, he has accumulated so many bad things about himself, sometimes self-effacing, sometimes to others. And like, this was the first time he was truly facing that because everybody was there. Everyone was waiting for that decision. And so I do wonder if over the course of that boardroom conversation with the siblings, he does realize like, yeah, this place isn't good for me. This is where I'm my worst. This is my heart of darkness. I'm getting the hell out of the Congo and getting myself to a bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can we chat about tom i think tom maybe has yeah. the biggest night and we haven't really chatted that much about him but he basically has a night out with lucas madsen and boy it's very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah well what's, what's so interesting is i love the fact and it makes so much sense to me again compared to game of thrones very much so of tom to me has always been the guy that was trying to get in uh i was thinking back to the very first scene 
He's trying to figure out the best watch to get Logan. He's going to propose to Shiv in episode two. Yeah. And now he's saying time's up to the Roy siblings by the end of it. And so I do love that idea as well of like, it's not exactly a story of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, but like, of course the family is undone. And while Shiv is tangentially related, it is this one guy who has tried so desperately to get in there time after time, actually succeeding, not able to do what Kendall's doing because it seems from that Matson scene, he has absolutely no spine. And this is what Mencken, or, uh, Mencken and Matson want, right? Like, this is why Matson chooses Tom. Because not only is he like, well, he it's easy to, to, get, to use him because he runs ATN currently. So it's an easy sell to have him as CEO. But also, Mencken seems to like him because of everything surrounding the election. So if Mencken seemingly... Uh, we do get a little bit of uh, whispers and rumors about, like, there being issues with whether or not Mencken actually is president. Obviously, we... I like that we're left off not really knowing. I don't like Wisconsin is not going his way. Is what Schrodinger's president comes back around. We don't know if he's president or not. Connor could be president. Yeah. So, geez, it's like Schrodinger's votes. We don't know. Exactly. It all comes back around. Um, But I I do think that uh, it makes sense that Tom is CEO because he's someone that can be manipulated and because he is a, a, he's a person that you could point to and be like that guy. Yeah, sure. He's not that offensive to me. I mean, he's offensive to most people after the Mink and stuff, but you know what I mean? Like in that department. And I think that I, I didn't, I never thought after last episode that Matson ever was taking Shiv as his CEO. Like I, it never felt like a serious proposition to me. One, because the minute he talks about her pregnancy, I'm like, that's it. That's done. She's out. Like he's not going to pick her. Um, and on top of that, there's he's disgusting and he's erratic and you can't count on him to make a logical decision him wanting to not have shiv not even because she's pregnant not not because of that because he wants to have sex with her that's the reason that yeah. he's not gonna sorry if that her. makes you uncomfortable tom i'm sorry <laughs> yeah well that, and that's okay. the thing as well that yeah that thomas right. there be like uh-huh Yep, it's fine. You can lust after my wife. That's absolutely fine. Please, sir, make me that CEO. May I have some more? It goes to show, again, like, the the lack of limits that I think Tom is willing to go. First off, I think he's more than happy to leave ATN behind after just the absolute disaster that is accumulating of election coverage. But I, He and, just and, leaves burning bridges by. <laughs> he's yeah, like, he's like, well. Bruises, later. ATN, bye. I guess he does have to run all of that now, but still. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing as well. He comes back around like, uh-oh. Well, yeah. I guess I'm handling all that. I mean, listen, the bittersweetness, I think, comes with Tom and Greg. I think they're going to be okay after all, everybody. He put a sticker on his forehead. It's like essentially a forehead kiss. That's nice. That's I mean, sweet. well, he's also saying, though, I own you. You're mine now. Well, of course he owns him because Maxon hates Greg now. But this is their, so rela- this is their this, relationship they forever have this and always. Push and pull. Yeah, this is always the way it's going to be. Greg is always going to be asking Tom, is it okay if I blackmail you? Right? This is just what their relationship is. And... I, I felt like I don't know that I didn't I don't think the show is like overly fan servicey. It's not that type of show where they're really doing that most of the time. Some of the Greg and Tom stuff, I do think at this point they they really want to lean in. And I think that was for the fans. I really do. I think the sticker on the forehead and the Tom kind of forgiving Greg and being like, nope, I own you and your your pay is about to go real down, but I you're still okay. You're here, buddy. 
It was very fun to learn one of the character salaries. Tom or Greg makes two hundred thousand dollars. I very interesting. I know that's not a lot in New York City, but when I tell you, no, I wanted to a, vomit. It's a considerable amount in New York City. Two hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, it's, it's no, less no, than York I thought anybody on Succession made, but it's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, should we do a we'll wrap up here? I think, but we have a we have many succession pods to come. But uh, quick hits. Any other any other fun treat? I did I did love uh, Connor's uh, uh, his the way that he facilitated how we got Logan's up. But also in one of the other moments of levity and sibling love was like where where are Logan's medals and Connor's like oh there was like a first round. <laughs> And they're like with who and he's like just me and they all laugh they like just laugh because it's like yeah. Yeah. Connor, what else does he get nothing because nothing. No, then he asks, like but... don't you want anything else and he's like right. oh no i'm not even going to be living here the oh, only other thing Willa, that we, right. yeah the right. only th other thing we haven't talked a ton about that i just want to briefly touch on is how beautiful and wonderful that moment was with them all in the dining room watching yeah. like a home movie that was yeah. not that long ago before logan's death and i just thought it was it was really like a familial moment that not a ton of the show is relatable in terms of like how rich all these people are, but something We've like all that. done an impression of our dad as I'm a little teapot. We've all yeah. done it. We've all <laughs> seen like <laughs> Scottish. We've all seen Scottish brogues apparently uh, together. That I could see. This felt a little fan servicey to me. I could understand because to your point, Jess the Roy family and company are not known for sitting around singing campfire songs and telling dirty limericks. But like at the same time, I really felt the siblings reaction to it because like, they're not going to completely look back on their childhood as entirely bad moments. Shiv talked about in her eulogy, like we used to play outside of dad's office. Like there were clearly moments that these kids had that were positive, that there was that warmth, there was that sun that Shiv had talked about in the last episode as well. So I was happy to see it. It was nice to get like one encore for Brian Cox. It was not in the way that we thought. I think actually Alan Ruck was more of a Brian Cox than Brian Cox was sure. this episode. Yeah. But it felt more, it felt heartfelt to me. It felt earned, I think. And I also think it helped reflect well onto the siblings of like, we didn't know how good we had it until mm -hmm. he left us. And I, yeah. it's, it's just another way to get Logan and Brian Cox in the finale in a way sure. that makes sense. So I, I really did appreciate that and love it. I felt like it, and it was just kind of like on in the background. They all just kind of like sit around for a second and you, they're all crying. It's just, it's very emotional. And it, it felt like a really, it felt like a really proper way to have the last like sibling camaraderie moment before everything goes to hell. Basically, are you ready for me to poo poo on the sentiment that it was nice and cute and lovely? Yes. Yeah. It's so sad. That's that is a moment where their father is not speaking to them. He's sitting with. I mean, yeah. but I, you know, I'm not like a. It was Carrie like, Connor. Sitting, yeah, Frank, Jerry, Frank, Carl. Carl. Uh, I Carrie, believe yeah. I can't. I if I can find this one, I I don't know if I can, but uh, Josh Wiggler. Uh, just to have an appearance on the pod, just did say uh, he's tweeting. He's uh, posting from the post show recaps uh, YouTube account. Says if you say Frank and Carl fast, and it sounds like Frank and Carl, which sounds right. So I just wanted Josh to have a moment. Josh on the, on the pod. Squat on that account all you want before I take over. Josh gone. <laughs> That's right. But I I actually think it's like they weren't invited. Connor is invited. And Connor's like, yeah, I did this thing. And like they're sitting there as this like they're like crying and that's a f I think it's fair for them to cherish it at a moment but in the context of like 
all the ways in which you have a nice moment with your father before he passes away. This is like a very, I, I think it's so succession-y, right? Like it, it, it's bittersweet. It's very bittersweet and very like, it's, it's kind of sad that that's like their sad send off to their father is from a, a dinner party that they were, would have never been invited. Right. But there's also like, gosh, I can't even imagine there being actual home videos of the family, like having a good time. It's not like there are other ones. Right. Well, I think, and what I think what's also interesting is that the two posthumous appearances from Logan Roy have both been on screen. And I think this idea that was elaborated so much on in the eulogies of like, what does this god, what does this titan live on as it's through the media that he created, I thought was so appropriate, both in the very public-facing thing with Living Plus and the shareholders meeting, and now in a very private setting where, like, his memory lives on both in our hearts, in our actions, as unsavory as they may be, but also in the fact that, like, this was a man that was all about screens and creating the demons that exist therein. Yeah. All right, let's get through some feedback before we wrap up here. Uh, uh, Robin is interested in knowing who the new Jess is going to be on PSR. He called them new Jess. He's like, new Jess, get in here. I got to go on the plane. It's so sad. It's so sad. Good that Jess is out, though, almost immediately. Do you think her name is Jess or that he forced her to change her name? No, he says her name later. It's not Jess. I don't I don't know what her name was. I can't remember. But he does. He does say it one time later. Yeah. Uh, I love this from our good friend, Marissa Garza, who says Shiv didn't want to fail at both business and marriage. Earlier, Tom says you never liked failing a test, did you? Yeah. Uh, So I I actually like that as well in terms of the reasoning for Shiv being Mm -hmm. uh, the one. Um, Blast Blast says Carrie was in the living room and is going to be able to stick her. She was round two. She was round two. She's round two. She's part of the, yeah, second. I liked that. That was kind. Yeah, who would have thought between, like, last episode and this that Carrie has slowly wormed her way back into the inner circle? Uh, Yeah, there's no way that first, first round wasn't Marsha, right? Like, Connor was actually second round, First, first round. Yeah, I think Marsha took everything out of there that she wanted. That's what I'm saying. They had the stuff there. Yeah. She's first round. Are we surprised no Marsha appearance in the finale? I really love her last line. Last, The last thing she ever says on the show is, I loved him. He broke my heart and he broke your hearts too. I love that. That's yeah, good. I didn't need more from Marsha. I was happy to get her for the funeral. I didn't need for her for this episode. I was happy to get Caroline. I did not think we were getting her for the she, finale. She's going to shift Hugo. This is great. Great news. Oh, no, Carolina. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, Carolina, Carolina is going to shift Hugo. And I love that for her. <laughs> All right, Carolina, Caroline. Yeah, I love her. Like, yeah, new I don't era, know no more them. backstabbing, but just one last backstab for the road. Uh, get mm-hmm. Hugo the hell out of here. Oh, is this why she she's like? Because Carolina goes up to it, is like, you know, if it's happening, like, can we get rid of Hugo? Like, you know, uh, is this certain? Re-? She's like, I guess she have either in this scenario, she really likes Hugo and, and sacrifices the deal, but Hugo's gone anyway. Any either way, Hugo's gone. Tom yeah. certainly seemed to be on the. I mean, he knows that Hugo was like. Uh, Kendall's right-hand man, so he's yeah. first on the chopping But there's already block. the cut list, right? I was there's already say, yeah, like, would, wouldn't, would Tom kill be able to override the kill list at all? Because, like, I thought these were all guaranteed, like, Tom uh, dead, or no, sorry, Fra- Frank dead, you know, Carl dead. Yeah, the only ones that were saved from that were Carolina, and um, Jerry, Jerry, and Jerry, and Tom. Jerry comes back because because right. of the yeah so mm-hmm. yeah the, the, I, yeah i mean can tom override i feel like it'd be a bad decision to be like i will be your puppet and then be like also i have a request well he's the only like, social capital he said he has is to get greg so that's well, about what, as much as he can do what's interesting yeah. though is i think we see greg and hugo both as like cautionary tales of like every dog has its day but sometimes it doesn't right that mm-hmm. like if you yoke your wagon to the wrong person you can succeed or at least get by with your life like greg did or assuming 
is going to be the case with Hugo. Like, fail, maybe get some jail time if the insider trading gets leaked out because he decided to become Kendall's dog. Yeah. Well, speaking of Kendall's dog, Sarah says the crown goes to Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> They're fine. They were on their way home to finally feed the damn dog. Walk and feed Mondo. That, that's good news. Oh, Mondo. Um, well, that is, I think, uh, the, the the live feedback. Um, final thoughts before I start, we start closing out here. I mean, it's not final, final thoughts. There's many more podcasts to come, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, this is the, this is the Sunday night succession. Sunday night. This is yeah. everyone's looking forward to the Idol Sunday night next week, right? Yeah, not same. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah right. Okay, succession. Not. Final thoughts on succession. I just thought this was a perfect ending. I know I I can be a bit of an apologist. There's not much I dislike about succession, but I really just feel like they gave us everything we wanted to see. Right? We got some happy moments. We got some. I wasn't expecting the siblings to have so much time together that were that was actually like joyous. So I'm really thankful that we did get to see that. And I, I mean, as expected, it's a tragedy and it ends a bit tragically, but not so dark that it's like difficult to sit with. So I'm ultimately really, really pleased. And I look forward to watching this episode. Oh, so many times. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first off, I have to give a major thanks to you both, as well as Josh. I mean, this is a show that I would not have gotten into were it not for the praises that you were louding. And I'm so happy that I did, because to me, this is like one of the best shows that has ever been made. I think it is one of the most complicated, larger than life, yet personal tales that has been put to screen I'll continue to be hyperbolic. I think Tom and Shim is one of the greatest romances that we have ever seen. It is so incredibly confounding to me. And I am dying for the inevitable YouTube edit of like all the Tom Shiv fight scenes (laughs) because their, their dynamic is just so odd where it's a, it's a consistent dance, but the styles change like every five minutes and where it ends as well with like them happy, but not so happy as Mark Mylod talks about that. Like, Shiv has found her place that she's settled in, but she sort of has like lost all sense of warmth at the same time. And is that truly a happy ending? I just love shows that we get to like dig into and mm-hmm. debate about. There is so much TV out there nowadays, and a lot of it can really be by the books that I'm so happy to have this show that, in my opinion, could not end any other way. I think how it ended made so much sense. I think you could certainly quibble about structure about scenes, about choices. But I I really have no reservations whatsoever with how the show ended. I am absolutely head over heels in love with the scheduling conveniences that the show had brought me. And it's (laughs) thanks to to all of you and to all of you that are listening for letting me come on and just like, you know, have a midnight foaming at the mouth reaction. So few shows just air on one night of the week and we all watch them at the same time. Like the scheduling convenience position was real. It was real. And it was just such an incredible balance of like legitimate buffoonish comedy with like tear jerking drama. It's something that I think really brought me back to like my day studying theater and complicated characters and theatrical circumstances. It's something that made my heart absolutely sing like that choir that closed out the series. I think if you're looking for a better episode of television, I think it's Connor's wedding. But if you're looking for this season's best episode of Succession, I think it's this one. 
fascinating. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, the more I sit with it, I'm like, yeah, it all makes sense. And I guess that's the way it's actually going to be a tragedy. So I think I like it. But, you know, it's not, not like, you know, it's not super fun, but it's very fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and uh, shouts to Kendall Swims. But what about the water? There was you a lot of water up, imagery. And we were they all very swam. nervous when Kendall was swimming. I got to say. Oh, when he was swimming alone? Well, especially because oh it's dark. It's dark. He's well, swimming. we know that he's uh, back off the wagon. He had some rum punches before That's they right. ended up sitting down for dinner. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That also made me very nervous. Him drinking and swimming. I was, no, no, no. That's not good. But yeah. it's okay. All right. Well, this is not the end of Succession Chat. We're doing a deep dive. Uh, we will be joined. Dr. Man and I will be joined by Josh Wiggler. So that should be very fun to break down <gasps> everything. It's going to be a long one, an hour and a half uh, deep dive. Uh, that's just the episode. I so, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, the Versus uh, Pod, Latanya and Josh, we're breaking down both season finales, series finale for Succession. There'll be shenanigans with Rob and Josh. Oh, and yeah. Course, Sh- major shenanigans. Uh, if you've uh, saw Rob's tweet in response to the finale, I think yeah. that. Our I might have. Po- I might. Not, I might not be able to listen. Our, our general positivity, <laughs> I think, will have some combatants, uh, Kendall and, and yeah. Roman style, by the time <laughs> Wednesday rolls around. Yeah, a singular thumbs down emoji from Rob Cesarino. So that should be very interesting. Uh, the wrap up show, Jess and Josh, you'll be here on a Friday. Pushrecaps.com slash YouTube. You can also join and hang out in the chat. Um, so be there uh, or be square. Is that a thing? That's not. I think I'm. I'm and we're bringing it back. That's a, we could bring it back. All right. But we're, um, all, but we're all square. That's what we love. Yeah. All right. If you want to catch anything else I'm doing, you can, I can find me on Twitter at High From Grace. Jess, what about you? You can find me at the Jess Sterling. And don't forget to send in your scores. PosterRecaps.com slash rate Roy. Episode scores, character scores. You could do it all the way back to season one if you really want to. Um, just let your voice be heard. If you want to have, uh, if you want to have your opinion known, send them in. That's right. Uh, Mike, what are you up to? Where can people find you? Uh, so first, you can find me shooting the ish at a Mike Bloom type on all social media. Yeah, in a week that has us kind of throwing up our hands and saying HBO, why? Uh, the Barry series finale also yeah. aired tonight. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. going to watch it and podcast about it tomorrow early on with Latanya Starks. Considering the direction that season has gone with, I actually feel like we are in for a very unpredictable finale so i have no idea how the hell that plane is going to land but we'll be talking about that i'm also talking about silo with dr amanda which is a new apple tv plus mystery box dystopian show that comes out on fridays we've already banked our episode six recap and i will say it is a freaking wild episode of television uh so feel free to check that out josh and i are going to keep doing our usual stuff with down the hatch as we segue from lost to battlestar galactica and Hey, because everything is deciding to end at the same time this week, Survivor 44 just wrapped up. We did get one winner at the end there as well. Certainly someone who had more of a spine than Tom and then some. And I got the pleasure of talking with all the final five contestants and interviews the next day, as well as doing our usual RHAP B&B shenanigans. But again, I have to thank you both and Amanda and LT and Rob and like all the guests that, that you have had on. This is a an absolutely sublime season of television, in my opinion. There were nits to pick, but like, it was just such a great experience getting to to watch this. And I, I'm really going to hold some very special memories, you know, from a lot of episodes that made me feel things I didn't necessarily want to feel. But at the same time, I'm ready to, to lick my wounds and sit down at the proverbial podcast bar and order up another. 
Yes, so fun. Well, there's lots more succession to chat about. As a reminder, make sure you get your uh, ratings in. Pushergroups.com slash rate Roy's because as we finish up this week of shows, we'll also have episode rankings as well as the Battle Royale uh, happening. So that all should be very fun. I think that's it for tonight. So until next time, F off! P to the O-D Cast on the weekly about succession. So many pots per week. See P to the O D. Cast on the weekly about succession. Podcasting like a pro. Make some noise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.